This is Amateur Logic, episode 92 for June 15th, 2016. This episode of Amateur Logic was brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM, reminding you Phil Day is June 25th and 26th. Welcome to a recorded live before a studio audience episode of Amateur Logic. But right now, let's bring in a new guy here on the ICOM amateur team, Will Jordan. And you've got new call letters AA4WJ. I will, and you'll probably have to eat this microphone because uh, it doesn't doesn't really work very well otherwise. It looks like it's high in fiber, so it's probably good for me. <laughs> so, what is your title now with ICOM? Well, my official title is uh, Amateur Sales Representative, and maybe one day they'll promote me to Professional Sales Representative. Huh, good point. Good <laughs> Punchline. <point>. Yeah. <laughs> we need sound effects. Yep. So, Ray moved over into to sales across the, the company products and he was doing all most all of the amateur stuff before and they need someone else to take in and you were nominated that's right ray uh, is now our national sales manager for uh land mobile products as well as amateur uh, so he's got a whole lot more under his umbrella than he's had in uh, in years past so they brought me on board to uh to help out and uh, handle some of the day-to-day with the amateur division travel around and uh meet all these nice new people at uh, all these nice shows around the country. So this is the first Dayton you've worked at, isn't it? This is actually my second Dayton. Oh, you it was were here? My, Dayton was my very first show with ICOM as an employee last year. Uh, so I'd never been to Dayton before, period. Uh, and it was also my first show with ICOM. So it was... It was, it was a, a sensory overload, I guess you could say. But uh, <laughs> this year, uh, we're having a lot of fun. Yeah. So are you meeting a lot of good hams here? I'm meeting all the good hams here. Everybody, everybody's here. Everybody's friendly, and I'm having a great time meeting everybody, getting to know uh, some more folks, seeing some good old friends, making some good new ones. Having yep. a great time. All right. You may have to hold that up a little bit closer there because I noticed that it looks like they might be having some problems hearing. All right. So let me ask you a question. I. Th- I think I know, but what seems to be the hottest thing in the booth here this year? Well, what I've been saying today is that we brought all of our radios with us, every one of them. But the only one that anybody wants to look at is the new IC7300. That is by far the hottest thing we have going at the moment. Sounds like it's on the edge. Yeah, I can understand why. When we got to play with that thing with Ray, that's a, that's a really a lot of radio packed into a small package. 
It's uh, I like to say that it punches above its weight class. It only weighs nine and a half pounds, but it punches like a sixty-pound radio. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, what are what are the main features that people are interested in? I, I, I like George. I think I know too. I know the ones that uh, really catch my eye. Well, of course, the big headliner is the fact that it's uh, it's an SDR, right. software-defined radio. Uh, it's got all the uh, all the benefits of a software-defined radio inside, and all the presentation of your traditional ham radio on the outside. Uh, so from across the room, it looks just like an ICOM. You can spot it, pick it out of a crowd. Uh, you know, it's got it's got some other cool things built in. Of course, that 4.3 inch color touchscreen is great. It makes it nice and fast to operate. Uh, it brings a lot of the uh, the features and functionality that used to be maybe buried a little bit deeper in those multi menus, closer to the surface. Uh, makes it faster to use, easier to use. Uh, saves you some time in the shack. Yeah, it's, uh, the, the touch screen on it was pretty nice. I love the, the waterfall display and the being able to just touch on the, what you see and it uh, tunes right to there. That tap to tune, yeah. it's handy. Very nice, very nice. The, the IC7300, the new one. Yeah, you know, we, we kind of got a little sneak preview on that thing. And when I first saw it, I said, man, if this is as good as it looks, they've knocked it out of the water. Yeah, we uh, we had high hopes and high expectations for that radio uh, when we first got our hands on it, and it surpassed every one of them so far. Yeah, and I've only heard good things about it from people who who bought them. So, uh, congratulations to ICOM, uh, everyone there, particularly the designers and testers who who really put this thing through the paces and got it right. Absolutely, they did a they did a marvelous job, and they are certainly to be applauded for their efforts. Well, they are. Well, will we appreciate y'all having us here at? Uh, the ICOM booth again this year to shoot another amateur logic and we're going to get on with some more guests here boy does that feel good to sit down yeah i bet <sighs> we've got a set of headphones here especially for you if you want some these are the the heil headphones we all like those i love them but i'm going to be headphone less okay. okay that's fine that's fine however you like Look at all these good folks out here, yeah. huh? Yeah, good to see you. How are you? Good, I haven't got to talk to you yet today. I yeah. know. We just barely got to meet over in the forum a little while earlier. We we did, and I had to duck out early because I was uh, doing um, uh, meeting and greeting brand new hams. Do we need more kids or what? Absolutely. Well, we've yeah. got them here at Dayton 16. I think their volunteer examiners are so happy because we have so many kids. Look at them. Look at them. They're all over the place. So um, our, our wish has come true. Kids getting into ham radio, getting some ICOM great handheld products, and getting on the air. Well, that, that's always a great thing there. So what do you think? Have we got a hit this year? Well, you know, every year that uh, folks come together at Dayton and bring their kids, uh, we certainly do have a hit. And I think this has been one of the largest crowds that I've seen in probably the last 10 years. And um, we're so fortunate to have not bad weather, only a little bit of uh, snow. Well, not quite snow. No. A uh, <laughs> little blizzard. No, no, not at all. Great, uh, great sunshine out there uh, on and off. But it's been a great year here at Dayton 2016. How about you, George? What do you think? Oh, it's been great. We haven't got our chance to make the runs through the flea market or even all of the indoor venues here yet. But after the show this evening, that's 
that's where we're headed. Yeah. Oh, well, the flea market. Uh, did you get a chance to get out there and uh, do a little flea market, uh, Tom? I haven't. Not at all yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Like I say, we're going to hit it this afternoon, and tomorrow we're going to do that before the show ends, too. Oh, that that is terrific. And you know, our the big mission, uh, mission uh, and the big message in uh, uh, our booth has been uh, certainly get an upgrade, certainly get into ham radio, but before you go to the next level, get on the air. That's where the real learning is. So when we meet someone that has a brand new tech license, they say, well, I think I'll go for general. No, get on the air. Get some ICOM equipment, HF and V and UHF, and get on the air. That's where the real learning of ham radio is. I am glad to hear you say that because I, I tell people that myself. If, you, if you're a technician, enjoy it. There's so much that you can do. Don't worry about upgrading. If you want to, fine, but it's not a requirement. Yeah, you know? it's nothing like that experience of getting on the air. You'll, you'll learn more doing that than you will reading books. The books are great, but the, the real-life uh, experience is the best. Well, yep, and that's, uh, that's what we've seen today. So we're so proud of those of you that are helping teach Ham Radio. In fact, uh, we have our new extra class book just came out. And so many instructors came up saying, you know, I'm teaching classes, but I'm not teaching tech or general or extra. I'm teaching how to get on the air. Awesome. That's, that's good because a lot of folks have trouble making that transition. They pass all the tests, but pushing that button the first time is kind of difficult sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a friend. Just got his ticket, and I talked him into getting it, but he's still got that mic fright, so we're working on that. Oh, that's great. Well, and you know, with ICOM equipment, uh, someone said, well, but I might not have the right antenna, and I, I might blow up my ICOM, my brand new I- Oh, no. ICOM equipment is so well protected that I say, hey, look at the power output. If it's not 100 watts, don't blame the radio. Get working on your antenna. And... Well, maybe a tuner. No, as Bob Heil has told us, get up there and tune that antenna, and then you'll have a great signal. Yep. So tell us a little bit about your instructor's program here, because you changed what you you do just, uh, well, in the last few years here. You're you're focused more on instructors than doing all the instructing yourself. Well, we feel that so many, um, George and Tommy, of our hams that are here today and out throughout the world uh, are built-in instructors. So we encourage them to get started in teaching ham radio classes, Elmering classes, and they all say, well, I could use a a guideline. So uh, uh, the uh, W5YI group have published my book that says Instructor's Guide, and it's free, one for tech, one for general, one for extra, because we'd like to turn all of these great folks we see here at the ICOM America booth into teaching classes, getting more kids, wives into ham radio, and making it happen on the air. And, Gordo, you, you certainly have the best books around for, for doing this. My son, he was 30 years old before he got interested in ham radio, he got your technician class license, and he called me and he said, Dad, this makes it so plain. I understand what's, what's going on. He explains it so well. And we, uh, we really appreciate you doing that because some of the questions, just if you've never covered this area, you don't, you don't know, and, and you make it so clear. 
Uh, well, I appreciate that, George and Tommy, and it's fun sort of translating uh, ham radio to those getting started, or general, or extra on those that uh, need a little help and better understanding. And certainly watching Amateur Logic as well as uh, Ham Nation with all the great stuff that you two do make uh, the real world of ham radio come to light, and that is passing the test is certainly like a prerequisite, but the real learning begins on the air or Absolutely. on the test bench. Yeah. So you mentioned Ham Nation. Of course, we, we've been on that show together for a number of years now. And I know Bob has given us his impressions of the beginning of the show and whether or not there would be a second one. What, what's your feeling on this? How has it come over the years? Well, Ham Nation is an exciting podcast, but the best part probably is at the end with Amanda taking and presenting all the notes that those folks are following on their keyboard as we're doing the show. But afterwards, we all get on the air on 40 and 20 meters, and that's where we really have fun working those that tune in, and that is going live with our great audience. You, yeah, there again, on the air. There's nothing like it. Uh, if you're a new ham, you know, get out there. Don't be scared of that mic. Get on the air. So, so many modes with the digital things that we've got nowadays, uh, technician class, you know, entry level, you know, the world's wide open. Well, and that's what we're going to continue to do on Ham Nation, and I know you do loud and clear on uh, Amateur Logic as well as your university. I've been yeah. tuning into your school, and I think it's terrific, all the points that you present using the ICOM America gear and other great gear. Well, thank you, Gordo. And, and um, you know, we've been hearing from a lot of people on that. Of course, we've been at it over a year and still haven't gone through the whole technician pool yet, but we're hearing from a lot of people who are getting licensed, getting on the air, and, you know, we're just giving them a little gentle shove in that direction and a little encouragement it up. yeah not they're, not to be scared of the questions you know they're, they're not that hard so if we can get up there and answer them pretty much anybody can and we guide them to the gordon west technician class license study material well i appreciate that but again we want to get them through the test and then on the air and this is what's so exciting about this icom america booth no brown boxes, live gear. I don't know how long it takes you to set up all this live gear. Look at these happy hams out there. You can tell they've been dialing around all day. <laughs> so um, we uh, certainly uh, compliment ICOM America for being such a strong supporter of Ham Nation, but even more a strong supporter for hams like you and me that just have to go over there and turn the dial. And I don't know how they do it, George, but this stuff is like got antennas or something, but this is not uh, equipment just sitting there waiting for something. It's on the air and making things happen. So I, I've got to ask this because I, I don't know the answer to it. Have you fried any pickles this weekend? Well, I've been noted to fry pickles, but, you know, <laughs> we've been so busy. This has probably been a record crowd for the last, what, 10 or 15 years. And, uh, no, I haven't fried a pickle, but I've got several pieces of ICOM America gear that uh, I haven't fried either. So <laughs> this is actually good. So nothing fried at Dayton. Nothing good fried. news, huh? Yeah, although it is kind of entertaining to see the pickles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you had me key up on a pickle once or twice, and it's, uh, it's a different experience. Well, it really is. Well, I would like to thank 
both of you, Tommy and George, for having me aboard. Most important, ICOM America for all their support, their fan charts and uh, grid square maps and just all the great stuff that ICOM does. So uh, they have my vote. Of course, I have their equipment and um, many of it 10, 15, 20 years old that just keeps on coming. Anybody out there with an old ICOM 720? Yeah, there's a couple hands. Well, we know how long that gear lasts, so thank you all for making Ham Radio happen out there, and thank you both for making Ham Radio happen behind the screen. Thank you, Gordo. We yeah. appreciate you taking a little time yeah, out of your busy you so schedule. It's great to see you, and we'll see you Wednesday night on Ham Nation. Right, and be there afterwards. I'll be on 40, and I'll look forward to working you on HF, ICOM HF. 73, Gordo. 73. This year at Dayton Hamvention, MFJ introduced the new MFJ 1886 wideband receiving loop. This antenna covers all the way from 500 kilohertz for the standard AM broadcast band through 30 megahertz with no tuning required. You can dig out previously unreadable signals and track down annoying sources of interference with the MFJ 1886. This receive loop gives you tremendous power to copy weak signals through impossibly strong levels of QRN or QRM. Its superbly direct development and bulletproof low-noise preamp dig out buried signals normally lost when using wire antennas. You'll get the perfect loop balance for deep, precise nulls. The dual MMIC push-pull preamplifier provides wide dynamic range. Phantom power is provided to the preamp through your coax by the included AC adapter and bias T. The indestructible aircraft-grade 36-inch aluminum loop offers great portability at 2.5 pounds, and the tough-molded weatherproof enclosure is perfect for outdoor installations. It mounts with regular TV hardware. Its standard U-bolts work with any conventional 1 and 3 quarter inch mast, and all mounting hardware is included. This loop is a powerful tool that will help you locate those noise sources you can suppress and null out those that you can't. Here are the signals you never knew were there with the new MFJ 1886 wideband receiving loop antenna. Check out this and the world's largest selection of ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com today. What have you been up to? We know you like to build kits. Yes, I do. Uh, in fact, Dayton is one of the places where I pick up a lot of kits. I, I picked up one from uh, the UK. I think it comes from Kanga, US. And... Uh, um, it was $40, and I thought, well, this is pretty good for a CW receiver. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered that it has an LCD screen, and it actually will decode the CW. So you can make a kit that not only receives, but decodes it. Wow. Now, that's, that's pretty cool, because decoding CW, we, we know we can do that on a full-size computer, but seeing it in kit form is, is um, I don't know that I've really seen it in kit form before. No, I haven't either, and I, I think that's wonderful. And so I thought I'd build it and write about it. Every month I, I uh, take a couple of kits, one or two kits, and I build and write about them. Uh, for CQ for Magazine. CQ Magazine. Yeah. You've been doing that quite a while, haven't you? Yeah, it's been uh, about seven years uh, since the November 2009 issue. Uh, I started writing for CQ every month, and uh, it's become quite popular. So uh, I really... Uh, 
enjoy doing it and enjoy teaching people uh, how to solder and how to put together kits and, and talk about the different kits that are available because uh, it's always changing. That's the constant in ham radio is things are always changing. Yeah, and so, so we have some companies that don't make kits anymore and some that do. And so uh, I try to keep up with that and let people know where there are actually kits available to build. Because putting your hands on a circuit board and putting the parts on the board, I think, is an essential skill in amateur radio. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I've got, actually got a couple of kits at the house that I want to get together here sometime pretty soon. You've got, uh, what is it, the oscilloscope kit is, yeah. is one that I know Joe's built before. Yeah, I've got that one, and I've got a 20-meter transmitter kit. Yeah, the oscilloscope kit has probably been one of the more popular ones that I've written about. But the most popular one I, I have written about is the $12 component analyzer. It's, it's sold as a transistor tester, but mm-hmm. it tests everything, capacitors, resistors, inductors, everything. And uh, it identifies the part, tells you if it's working, its value, its gain, which lead is connected to which wire. It's very easy to work with. And that has become very, very popular amongst my uh, kit builders. Yeah, yeah, those are great. The ones that are actually practical that you can put to use, um, I mean, there's nothing like that. Exactly. You can take an unknown part and it will tell you exactly what it is and what each lead is. So... What, what have you seen here at Dayton? I mean, have you found any new kits that you, you're going to have to get and take back and put together for us? Well, that first one uh, is definitely one that I'm going to mm-hmm. put together. Uh, there are a couple others. Uh, I saw the open source QRP transceiver, and that one uh, incorporates the same decoder circuit. And... Uh, well, there were several other smaller kits uh, that I picked up that will... Uh, get put together and written about the main thing is is that people should know that there are still kits out there and there are plenty of them and sometimes they're not easy to find at your local ham fest but keep looking because they're there once again you also have uh, companies uh, that have uh, changed management I know uh, Hendrix Kits is now QRPKits.com Pacific Antenna so it's combined with the, the man that puts together Pacific Antenna, the portable HF antennas. And now he's got that whole line of kits and a whole other line of kits called Easy Kits that are very simple, no more than an hour or two each to put together. Okay. Very easy to do. And uh, they're little modules. You can make a whole QRP transceiver out of it. A, a TR switch, a transmitter, a receiver, a bandpass filter, all sorts of things. Oh, nice. And then there's another uh, kit maker called QRP Guys, and they make uh, a keyer kit. Uh, it's like $24.95, and it's a paddle with an electronic keyer on it and with memories and everything. I, I was really surprised. Oh, cool. Wow. So did you speak at one of the forums this time? Yes, I did, and I was very glad that we had a full crowd. The room was absolutely full. We did that yesterday at noon. And uh, it was a great chance to have a couple of kit makers talk about what they're putting forward, uh, as well as to talk about different techniques so that the kit builder will have the biggest chance of success. Because I always say, if somebody buys a kit and fails and doesn't have any help, they will never buy a kit again. I think you're right. But if they succeed, if they succeed the first time, guess what they're going to do? 
they're not only going to do it again, they're going to get something bigger, yeah. and they're going to progress up. Right. And kits here range all the way from a 3 or $4 Chinese Pixie kit all the way up to DZ kit. Uh, has one, I can't remember how much it is, but it's a very elaborate transceiver with Heathkit-style manuals. Oh, cool. And you don't have to do the surface mount. You do everything else, but not the surface mount. And most of the cables are pre-assembled. Oh, no. So we're still doing soldering. What what do you use for solder now? Right now, I use 6337. Uh, it's made by several different manufacturers. Of course, Kester is the most common. But I use 6337. Now, most people say 6040 is the best. But actually, 6337 is who my customers, who are electronics plants, are using. And I use, of course, rosin core and no clean. Yes, it does cost a little more, but it's very much worth it. Of course, you don't want to get it too thick because then you'll get um, shorts between close-together terminals. So what you're going to want to do is use solder that's no thicker than the pad that you're soldering to. So I recommend... .031 or .025 inch uh, thickness. Those are the two thicknesses that are the most common. And then uh, no clean rosin core solder. And I found that for a pound roll here uh, today in the flea market for $22. Really? Not, not Kester though, was it? Yes, it was. Oh, wow. That is an excellent deal. That's the same solder I used. I really like the no clean flux. Yeah, and the 6337, the reason that there's a difference is because it has a much shorter plastic state. And what that means is there's much less chance of a cold solder joint because it's not going to uh, stay in that kind of a mushy state for very long. It's either going to be liquid or solid. You know, I have not not really thought about that and, and really noticed that. Specifically, but now that I think about it, yeah, you're right. It it yes. uh, uh, do seem to have less cold solder joints. Yes, sixty three thirty seven is great for it. And like I said, I was in this electronics plant, and they're all using the same thing. They're using the Kester sixty three thirty seven rosin core, no clean, and O twenty five or O thirty one, depending on the boards that they're working on. So the right solder is key to success. The other key to success is the right soldering iron. And you're not going to get that with a $6 pencil iron. You're going to get that with a variable temperature soldering station. Something that you can adjust the the heat so that you're not too hot and you're not too cool. Mm -hmm. And and you you vary that heat depending on what you're working on. Exactly. Like if you're, you're working on one of these kits where we're soldering PC boards together to make the case... Uh, obviously, you're going to use a lot more heat or on coax connectors mm-hmm. or things like that. But when you're soldering ICs on a circuit board, you want it hot, but you don't want it too hot. You don't use your, your soldering gun for that. Nope, I sure don't. Uh, <laughs> I was at a kit build uh, a few months ago, and somebody pulled out a Weller 75-watt gun. And I thought, <laughs> uh-oh, we're in trouble. So I, of course, reached in the box and found a pencil iron for him. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, just curious, talking about solder, do you ever use that uh, organic core solder? I have not. You haven't? That's, uh, have George it. had some of it, and he actually ended up giving it to me. You remember that stuff? Yeah. and you smelled probably, pretty. I've still got it. It smells pretty bad when it melts. Oh, it burned the hair right out of your nose, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty smelly stuff. Yeah, and in Europe, of course, they use lead-free, which has to be done at a higher temperature. Yeah. So, what, what do you... 
would you recommend to folks out here who've never built anything before? What's the best way to get started? best way to get started is to find the right tools first. And that would be a, a temperature col- a controlled soldering station, which I've seen here for about $35 for a nice one. And then get the right solder and then pick a kit that has a kind of a low parts count, yeah. something that's simple. And make sure you're working with a friend before uh, you, you get going. Because if you can get it done with somebody else and learn all the little tricks on how to bend the parts correctly and how to put them on the board and all the precautions you have to make, that's your biggest chance of success. And like I said, if you fail at it, you're not going to try it again. Yeah. Be sure to hold the right end of the solder iron. Yes, definitely not like that picture that's been going <laughs> yeah. around on the internet. And and I also <laughs> want to thank the the folks at Icon. Yes, I my big radio at home is a seventy six hundred. I also have a seven oh six. That is my six meter window. It is always on six meters because I'm right in the middle of the country in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, oh yeah. So uh, I I listen to six, and that's what tells me something's going on. Yeah. Wow. Oh, cool. Well, Joe, we appreciate you stopping by, spending a few minutes with us here today. Uh, any any final thoughts you want to leave everybody with? Uh, don't be afraid to build something. And the best way to do it is to get your club to do a group kit building experience. I know I put those on myself in different places. Uh, do it as a group, and you won't fail. That, cool. uh, that is, is good. And uh, for those of you who do, do a lot of building... Help the other guys. Encourage them. You bet. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Martin, how how many years has MFJ been around now? Well, we started in 1972, so that makes it 44 years. Long time. All right. You may have to eat the mic here. We're having some yeah. Your issues there. 44, you said? For 44 years. Been wow. uh, fun the whole time. That's quite the accomplishment. <laughs> so, you did you start it while you were in school or, or just as you got out? Well, when um, selling products, I was still a uh, graduate student, but I had um, uh, always done some selling and trading even as a kid so I don't know what starting means but (laughs) (laughs) what got you interested in ham radio you you're from the Mississippi Delta from the Mississippi Delta Um, well uh, when I was in the Cub Scouts I built a uh, World War II Foxo crystal radio and uh, used a uh, old rusty razor blade oh. and a old piece of pencil lead for the crystal detector. Uh, never could get it to work, but that's what got me started in radio. And, um, at age eight, I knew I wanted to be an electrical engineer. You know, that, that's that's a blessing too, because so many kids now are. In college, and don't know what they want to do. Well, that's true. That's true. I just, I, just, I mean, I've always known what I wanted to do. <laughs> well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So you started out with the crystal radio. What? What? I'm just kind of curious. What was actually the first MFJ product that you came up with? 
Well, the first product was a CW filter, and it was back in the days when uh, operational amplifiers were uh, just uh, was high tech, and um, and the radios back then, you know, the, this was during the days of separate uh, transceiver, I mean, separate transmitter, separate receiver, and uh, selectivity. You know, you could hear. Uh, most of the seat up the stations uh, on each frequency and um, so that was the reason for building the CW filter okay yeah cool. and op amps were were brand new when oh, back then yeah, weren't they? they had just come out the very first ones of them had just wow. come out yeah. and I've heard we've talked a lot before and I've heard some of your stories of the early days just give us one good uh, early story there on what it took to actually get the business going and well um back in the really early days when i was doing everything by myself um i used to take these bags of parts to the classes that i was taking teaching and um ask if any of the students wanted to put these bags of parts together for 25 cents a piece and uh but that was mfj's first production line (laughs) (laughs) wow so they'd they'd get all the pieces for your kit and package them up and yeah well they they would actually put the pc boards together and solder it together oh Oh, okay yeah yeah and um the uh and i used to see the um uh, our local telephone repairman around town and asking for a scrap telephone wire and and we use that <laughs> wire to wire up all the filters <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, I've heard that story before you said you're going to use that <laughs> can i have it well that's uh that's some great stories there and just a testament uh how you've worked to build this company over the years and the the largest manufacturer of ham radio accessories today. Well, one one of the things I really enjoyed doing was going to the ham fest to display our products and and um, didn't have a car that would make it to the ham fest, so <laughs> I would go out and invite some of my students who had a car to go with me. <laughs> <laughs> You had a, a tale about your, your wife's car, I seem to remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I ever got married to her, but um, <laughs> um, there was one year I borrowed her brand-new car, and I pulled a U-Haul trailer full of MFJ products up here to the Dayton Hamvention, and uh, burned out her transmission. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and she married you anyway. Yeah, she married yeah. me anyway. Wow. So, so that, was your, that was your first product. How many do you have altogether now? I, I know there are quite a few. Well, we have over 2,000 different products. 2,000? Oh, wow. Wow. Companies and, yeah. yeah. Of course, that includes everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you've really got... Some, some nice products there, some things that I know we wouldn't have access to otherwise if MFJ hadn't hadn't uh, developed these products or taken on products that were 
about to be lost and uh, brought, brought those great companies back. What, what have you got new that um, may be of interest this year? Well, we've got several things that we're working on, but some of the newer stuff that we have is uh, we've got a new receiving loop that will allow you to uh, uh, operate on 80, 160, some of the lower bands, and be able to uh, just kind of null out static crashes, and it's a very quiet antenna. You need to have a separate receive input mm-hmm. or some kind of TR switch so you can switch that in when you use it. And then we have a uh, new plug-and-play uh, automatic antenna tuner uh, that's uh, uh, tailored for your specific radio and really super fast. And it retails for only one fifty nine ninety five. Yeah, we've yeah. got a. Uh, five-band HF uh, cobweb antenna, really small footprint for a five-band antenna. This one is actually a a dipole that's bent. All the ends are bent, so they're separate, independent dipole antennas. Um, That uh, that looks real interesting there, a small footprint, and you get five bands out of it. Yeah. Oh, it's very light, easy to put up. Uh, you can hardly see it. Uh, it's a it's a great little antenna. And uh, we also have the a uh, new USB uh, computer interface uh, for ninety nine ninety five that allows you to operate all the new digital modes, things like PSK thirty one and slow scan TV and CW and. And uh, JT65, Whisper, all of those modes. Oh, nice. I've actually got the tuner you were talking about. I love that thing. I had a, one of the manual tuners. It was an MFJ tuner as well, and I loved it. But I tried the, uh, the automatic one, and it kind of spoiled me, so I don't know if I'll be going back to the manual one anytime uh, soon. Uh, those automatic tuners make you into a lazy person? Yeah, well, it, it did <laughs> immediately. Make your uh, band changing a lot, a lot quicker. Yeah. And you've also, uh, Ameritron is, is another MFJ company, and you've got uh, a new amplifier, don't you? Oh, we do. We've got the uh, new 1306. It's a, a, a solid 1,200-watt uh, uh, amplifier, totally oh, wow. solid state, and it covers 6 meters with full power uh, interfaces uh, to your radio. It's got all the computer uh, uh uh, uh, built into the unit, and we've got an even newer amplifier than that, which is a 600-watt uh, version that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, the ALS-606, uh, it's uh, going through FCC right now. Oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't even know about that one. Well, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned well, that. <laughs> well, we'll hope it gets on through and gets on the market quick then. Um of course, you, you've got the high-gain rotors that, that you've had for years. You, you're making new controllers to improve some of the functions of, of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got some digital controllers, and um, uh, we're going to eventually go through go to some um, um, non-contact um, um, directional uh, indicators, uh, but... Uh, lots of digital ones, and they uh, will retrofit to some of the older models too. 
And, of course, uh, MFJ uh, now has High Gain and Cushcraft. And is there another antenna company that uh, that you've got, or is, is that the two there? Uh, well, those are the, the two. Plus, of course, MFJ makes yeah. their line of antennas, too. But uh, all the parts that uh, you need for Cushcraft or High Gain all the way back 25, 35, 40 years ago are still available. And some of those uh, antennas are still up and people are still using using them. And, and um, you know, I remember as a junior in uh, when I was at Mississippi State that I had bought a used uh, 14ABQ. And I never thought that we would still be making those. <laughs> <laughs> and and not only that, you didn't just sit on the products they had. Uh, you've introduced some new Cushcraft uh, antennas too. Since well, we have. We've got um, a whole new series of um, multi-band vertical antennas, low-profile, totally uh, self-contained. Uh, you don't need any ground radios or counterpiles. Uh, just put it up, and uh, you can operate all the way from 80 meters through 6 meters with a single antenna. There's a version of the R9 at Cushcraft, and then there is the AV680 at at High Gain. And they're all based on uh, very current technology. Cool. And, of course, you've got more antenna analyzers then you could shake a stick at. I, I, I don't know how many antenna analyzers you got, but all the way from, from the early models that were real primitive, real inexpensive, up to the, the most modern gadgets there. What's the most popular one you've got now? Well, the most popular one is still the MFJ259C and MFJ269C. But our brand new one, the MFJ226, is, uh, I mean, that's becoming very, very popular. It's a, uh, it's a full-fledged uh, 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 vector network analyzer. It can do plotting. It can just, it, it does an, an incredible amount of stuff in a little handheld unit. And, um, but, but I remember the day when that concept just popped into my mind as I was uh, playing on a workbench on a Sunday afternoon. And, uh, but anyway, it's, it's... Yeah, you just kind of like invented the, the whole antenna analyzer field, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it came, uh, it, it came out of um, just fooling around. You know? Wow. Yeah. So, some of the best products out kind of did that people just kind of stumbled across and came up with a notion and uh that's that's really taken off it's a great yeah. piece of gear yeah 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 it's uh it yeah it's pretty amazing where ideas start from right <laughs> he's just got to follow through on them and yeah yeah, yeah. Luck, lucky for us you did yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh also i noticed you've got a new uh a new mount you got a lot of different Unique antenna mounts, like if you don't want to drill a hole in your vehicle. I've seen the car tag mounts that you made, very heavy duty. Bob Howell uses one of those. Oh, wow. But you, you've got another one now for us folks who have pickups that don't have 
the post hole in them where you can yeah. put them out. Yeah. Just mount it in the corner, huh? Yeah, you just push it right up against the corner of, of your uh, pickup and put a couple of screws in it, and it has a hose for different kind of mounts, things like uh, SO239s and NMOs and 3.8 by 24 mounts. So it's a multi-purpose mount, and uh, it's, it's really pretty heavy duty. It's made of very uh, thick aluminum and and it's only fourteen dollars and ninety-five cents. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that one out. I've got a kind of a homemade one, and uh, it's not quite as sturdy as I'd like it. So I may check that out before I leave here. Yeah, that that does look pretty good. It gives me some ideas on what I can do in my little uh, Nissan pickup. Yeah. That, let me let me mention that new clock that we have. This oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I have seen that. And uh, as a matter of fact. We've we've given a couple of those away on the air before. Okay. And well, that's a true dual clock with uh, UTC and any of the U.S. time zones. It's got it's an atomic clock, and mm-hmm. it's got an ID timer built in and backlighted. Uh, it's it's really made for ham radio. It's, it's specifically tooled and ge- geared up for ham radio operation. And it, it looks like everything you could ask for is two large displays there that that us hams can actually see. Oh, yeah. And yeah I mean, especially for uh, old fogies like myself who can't yeah. see anyway. And you don't have to worry about tuning around to WWV. This thing takes care of, takes of care all that of for you. Takes care of it. Well, Martin, we really appreciate you joining us today and taking a few minutes out from the booth because I know you stay busy over there and with a lot of friends and, and new friends coming by and checking out everything. Have you uh, got any final words you'd like to to leave the, the viewers and the people here at Hamvention? Well, I, I hope everyone has a good time and... Um uh, you know, you, you all came a long way, so spend some money. <laughs> spend some money. That, that sounds like a good advice. All right, Martin, thanks Thanks for being here and everything you do for Ham Radio. Thank you. Right. Yeah, it's always good to visit with you. Calling all stations. The most popular on-air event is here. Field Day, June 25th and 26th. Make sure your ICOM equipment is ready for action. Limited space, no problem. The IC7100 base station is a great compact D-Star option. Angled control head and touchscreen for quick, intuitive operation. Large internal speaker for clear digital audio. And it's perfect for multi-bands and all-mode communications. Be one of the first to experience how ICOM is changing the way receivers are being designed with ICOM's new IC7300. It will exceed expectations. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. The sky's no limit. With IC9100, the versatile all-around transceiver, multi-band multi-mode, independent dual receivers, satellite mode operation, optional D-Star DV mode with the UT-121, and USB connector for PC control. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM's radios. Hi, John Amadeo. Good to see you, John. Good to see you. 
Tommy. Good job. Good Glad, to glad you could join us. Where's Peter? Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's still down under. Yeah, he's still down under. Well, hello through the airwaves to Peter. For those of you who don't know, and of course, um, John's call sign, NN6JA. We know about you because of some television shows, or a particular television show that uh, occasionally features ham radio. Yes, thank you. Um, well, we're, I guess we're talking about Last Man Standing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Standing is an ABC television sitcom that airs on Friday nights on ABC, uh, 7 o'clock Central Time. And um, Tim Allen's character happens to be a ham radio operator. Uh, and his, his fictitious call sign is KA0XTT. And we created that call sign so we would have a call sign. Uh, it's a cleared call sign, mm-hmm. much the same way a 555 telephone number would be on a movie. That you're probably okay. familiar with that idea. Uh, we didn't want to conflict with anybody's real call sign or get into any kind of trouble with the FCC. So we actually used the uh, ARRL to help us clear that call sign with the FCC. Oh, great. So we, we know you're a longtime ham radio operator. How, how did ham radio get written into the show here? Well, you know, when I met Tim Allen um, in our very first meeting, in fact, we talked about uh, the character traits he would have. Uh, Mike Baxter would be the vice president of a sporting goods store called Outdoor Man. It's a fictitious sporting goods store. And he would be a, a great hunter, camper, fisher, and uh, he would be well-versed in all those technologies. And Mike Baxter himself would be a bit of a survivalist. He would uh, have a, a bomb shelter and freeze-dried food and generators. And Tim said to me, and I would have radio equipment. And, of course, that piqued my interest, being an amateur radio. I said, what do you mean by that, Tim? And he said, you know, ham radio. I said, okay, well, you know, I was a ham uh, most of my life, and I think I can help you out with that. So we decided Mike Baxter will be an extra-class ham radio operator. So we have the power, because of a prop department, to print a license for him, a perfect replica of an uh-huh. FCC uh, extra-class license. And we then contacted a number of manufacturers, and... Um, it was really Ray Novak who came to our initial rescue by offering to loan us uh, some equipment for the show. So we started out with, uh, I think we started out with a 9100, and then we've now progressed through a number of ICOM radios over the years. At the moment, we have a, a 7851, which is oh, a pretty nice. good little radio. Beautiful piece of gear. Yeah, and it's got a, a 5100 on top of it, because we like to have something for D-Star um, each season. Uh, that's in Mike's office, and then in Mike's basement ham shack, we have a 7600, also with a 5100 on it, because, again, we like to have something for disco. So, being not just a producer, but being a ham, I wanted to make those stations functional. So, we put some uh, antennas on the roof of the stage, uh, with the help of uh, Mick at Comet and Emmett at Radio Waves, and we have a number of antennas on the roof of our stage. It's about 60 or 70 feet in the air, not a bad place. Mm-hmm and made all of our equipment practical. So now we have a fully functional ham radio station on a primetime network uh, television show. <laughs> That's pretty wild. And he had a 7700 in, in his basement at, at one did. point, didn't he? Yeah. That 7700's in my ham shack now. That's terrific. <laughs> I didn't know. I, you know, I, I got it from ICOM. I knew it was not new when I got it. But there was a, a piece of uh, gaffer's tape covering the ICOM logo <laughs> on the user manual. And I said, Ray, hey, you know, why is this on there? Oh, you know where that radio came from, don't you? And I said, no. <laughs> he That's said very was, funny. Yeah. Well, you know, producers, we're very conscious of brands 
and endorsing brands. So you will, oh, notice, <laughs> you will notice that we um, are sometimes obsessive about that. Nice. That's an amazing radio. The, the 7700, well, the whole 7000 series line yeah. is fantastic. And I've progressed through the 7000 myself and the 7100, which is my current radio. And I get to use the 7600 at work and the 7851 at work as well. Um, now the crew is taking a well to their ham radio equipment. To, to make the show more uh, realistic for us, I didn't want the crew to just walk by the equipment and not really understand what it was. And, and in fact, in order to get uh, content about ham radio on the show, to get the writers to address the ham radio world, we not only did we make the equipment practical, but we started to encourage the crew members to, to become licensed. So we provided them training material, some of Gordon's training material and, and some other things. And, uh, and some incentives, uh, one in particular that anyone that got a license would get a free handheld radio. And uh, over the years, we've, we've been doing this for about five seasons, and over the five seasons, we've gotten 35 people to get their license. 35? Oh, that's incredible. Wow. And that's out of a crew of 150, so it's, it's a pretty good percentage. That's a very good percentage. Yeah. And it's yeah. not just text, it's text to extra, all the way to extra. Yeah. Um, and then last season, we instituted a policy to actually use the gear more frequently. Because, you know, we can't put too much about ham radio on the show. Quite frankly, our mission is our eight and a quarter million viewers. And not that many of them are hams, probably, right. I suppose. And we don't want to confuse them or turn them off. Um, so we want to show them ham radio, but we can't sort of hit them too hard with it. But we want to get use out of that gear. So we instituted the policy this year of allowing the crew who are licensed to go on the radio during our dinner breaks. Mm -hmm. And that really was successful. The crew loved it, and the hams responded, um, you know, like, like gangbusters. They, they got on, they, <laughs> yeah. we, we pretty much, every time we get on the radio, we cause a pileup. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so when do you have those? Uh, I think you, you generally post them on some of the social media sites, right? When I do. We, we maintain a Facebook page for just the ham radio aspect of Last Man Standing, and it's the KA0XTT okay. Facebook page. And if we're going to go on the air that night, we will always post on Tuesdays, generally Tuesdays, that we're going to go on, what frequency, and when we're going to be on. And then people can follow us along. And then, you know, if, if we have a band change or frequency change, we'll update it. But within minutes, we're usually spotted, and we're usually getting a pretty decent pilots. In fact, I might have... Oh, my oh, is. Oh. We have our... I don't know where the cameras are, but maybe you can get an insert and cut it in yeah, later. Actually, I brought one. How do we do that? <laughs> well, uh, I'll, let's I'll see. That's one of the pictures. There you go. Yeah, that's the uh, now, that's, that's the shack. That's, that's the shack, and that's um, that's Mr. Allen at, at the radio. That might be the seventy six or seventy seven hundred. I can't see it from there. And yeah. by the way, there is a there's an Ameritron amplifier next to it. I didn't see you had Martin on. Yeah. That's a that's an ALS five thousand. Which is oh, not, not yeah. a real amplifier. Uh, uh, limited edition, it's right. Very, it's, a, it's an edition of one. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is, it's really just a box with lights inside. Oh, yeah. 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 We've got a, a, another couple of shots there. And there's this the is, yeah. Yeah, that's the actual Mike Baxter's office desk. And uh, I guess that's the 7851. There's a lot of great equipment. Uh, the ham community has been very kind to us. There's a uh, 781, a PR781 Gold mm -hmm. supplied to us by Mr. Heil. And that's the mic we use during our, um, our staff and crew uh, operations. And, uh, you know, it's just been, uh, there's a, a fifth 100 on top. But I can't tell you how much fun it is to, to not just have our crew get to use the radios, but to have our uh, fans call directly into the show 
Yeah. Um, and frankly, it's it's minutes before we go to the audience. As we're on the sta- uh, as we're on the air, the audience is loading in. The DJ is just starting to play music, and the warm-up comedian starts to entertain our 200 audience members. The audience often looks down at us and go, "What the heck are they doing down there?" And, <laughs> and then usually I'm watching the clock, and um, a few minutes before we have to actually bring the actors in and start the show, we'll pull the plug and uh, go over into show mode. I recognize a few of those uh, QSL cards on there. Yeah, there's a better picture of that. There, there might be some. Uh, there might be oh, some VIPs in, in there. There, there could be, yeah. I believe uh, the, the entire cast of Ham Nation and Amateur Logic. Yeah, I recognize are, a few people on there. Are in there somewhere, absolutely. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. I see <laughs> mine. <laughs> now, I want to thank you guys, because I had, as, as uh, something for myself that was fun, I had Last Man Standing Amateur Radio Club t-shirts printed. And I have to say, thank you so much, because I noticed you guys wore them a couple of times. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's great. Yeah, it's, pr- it, really appreciate you sending it. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. And uh, I know I sent one to Peter, too. I, I don't yeah. know if he got it already, because it's pretty oh. far away. Yeah, uh, I haven't heard yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he'll be wearing it on the show if he has. I, I hope he does. And they're the, just the softest, nicest shirts I could find. But it got me into a lot of trouble, because some people started emailing. It's like, where can I get one of those shirts? Oh. Like, <laughs> well, I'm afraid you can't. You know, they're, they're very limited edition shirts. They are super comfortable, too. Yeah, I, I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you put them on you don't want to take them off yeah. yeah and we saw one over in the ham nation forum earlier today there is one there's one special guy that's here that uh, was very helpful to the show so uh, I, that, that actually gives you an honorary membership in the ka6 lms amateur radio club oh, awesome. and i i have that qsl card oh, there it is and i'll uh, i'll leave one behind for whatever oh, great. thank so, you so that if you successfully contact us on hf or to, to be quite honest even if we were d-star i guess uh, we confirm your contact, and we do QSL with the KA6LMS QSL card. It's it's become a pretty sought after card. Yeah, yeah, I want to get one myself. Unfortunately, I'm usually out of town and not near my HF rig. So yeah. if you guys start doing it on D Star, I mean, yeah, we'll be do able it. To we'll do, do a D Star night. I think okay. the the, the D Star um, we we like D Star too, and, and of course we like to support ICOM and their endeavors with D Star. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first big special event we ever had from the stage was a D-Star event. Oh, so we'll have to reprise I that. I remember that. Yeah. 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 And that was just crazy. We had a good time. So do you see our friend Julian? Ever? I do see Julian. Yeah, Julian is super helpful because as the producer, I'm kind of busy sometimes. Mm-hmm. So when we try to have real live amateur radio on the show, it's difficult for me to produce yeah. the show and then be the guy that they call when there's a trouble. So, you know, you can imagine the prop people that administer all this gear. In fact, um, two of them are hams now, but they're, they're taxed. They don't know too much about it. You know, if somebody bumps a VFO and it goes off frequency, I'm going to get a telephone call or they're going to call me on a radio. So oftentimes, if I'm going to do anything really related to ham radio, I'll bring Julian N3JF up from his home. and He'll spend the day with us and he'll help you know, shepherd the ham radio gear. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's a good guy. He Absolutely. really is. Yes, he's become yeah. a good friend. Well, that's great, John. Anything you want to um, tell the uh, the audience here and uh, on the live recording? I guess we would call it. Well, I, I can say that um, the most important thing to say is that we were just picked up for our sixth season. Yeah, that is that is great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I, yeah, because I, honestly, that's my wife and my favorite show. Well, so we we, we never miss it. Thank you. That and The Walking Dead. So oh, you're ranking with The Walking Dead. The that's Walking pretty Dead. good. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. so similar, those two shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're <laughs> no, kind of stuck in the same genre there. No, they're great. Well, that gives us 22 more episodes this year. 
And we are, of course, already in syndication. We're on country music television. We're on Lifetime. Uh, uh, no, we're on Hallmark, sorry, not Lifetime. And we're on what was called ABC Family, which is now called Freeform. Mm -hmm. So we're all over the place, and we're available on Hulu and on the net and yeah. a few other places. So if you uh, want to see Last Man Standing, there's opportunities to see it. And it's worth seeing. It, it, yeah. it is yeah, it's a great show. It's really fun. Thank you. It's a yeah. fun, it's a family-friendly show. Mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't have to be embarrassed to watch it with your grandmother or your children. Yeah. So, so are, are you currently working on any other shows, or does this take so much focus that you can only do one at a time? I, I can only really usually do one at a time. I, I did do a pilot this, this summer for a potential television series. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just sort of all producers something to fill out our summer jobs. But when I yeah. do Last Man, I'm, I'm there from early in the morning to late at night. Um, it's not a terribly difficult show to produce, but it does require your full attention. Yeah. So, my other thing is, is that I'm trying to get my WS and I've never worked Delaware. And I need somebody from your audience on HF to work me from Delaware. There you go. <laughs> there you okay. go. Somebody uh, should step up. Call uh, yeah, me from Delaware. Well, John, thanks for being here. And oh, thanks for all that, that you and the crew over yeah, at Glass Man so Standing are doing to kind of promote the hobby. I know it's, you know, you can't have a show about a ham radio, can you? But uh, not on network television. Yeah. I cannot do an entire. I, I had a suggestion from a viewer. So please do an entire episode in CW. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm no. sure that would go over really well. I couldn't do it. I thought the last clicking you would hear would be the remote control changing the channel. <laughs> yeah. So no, I couldn't do it. But we, we will do as much as we can, as often yeah. as we can. So, I understand. So, so call us up, and yeah. we'll send you a QSL. Yeah, how, how can you get tickets to come and be in the audience when you Well, when you, you could get shoot. tickets very easily, because you would just call me up and I would send them okay. to you. But no, it's very easy. Uh, to get tickets, really, to almost any television sitcom in Los Angeles, you go on a website called tvtickets.com. Um, but I urge the ham, I urge your audience that when ham, uh, ham radio operators come to see Last Man Standing, that they email me ahead of time. And I'm just jamadeo.tv at gmail.com. Or, uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, I usually bring hams down to the set and let them take pictures with the Mike Baxter radio station. Cool. And, so it's a little bit special to be a ham and come to see our yeah. show. Oh, that'd be fun. That would be fun. You, you might need to bring out. the family out for a trip. You might. And you might need to come out and work the station and get, make a pilot. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. Thanks, John. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks thanks again. again. At the end of each month, it's Amateur Logic's Ham College, the new show for those new to the hobby and those wanting to get into amateur radio. Which of the following is a purpose of the amateur radio service as stated in the FCC rules and regulations? That inductor and capacitor form a tuned circuit. That's how you tune the radio to the frequency that you want. The English language. We lived in town. I liked it. I, I listened to mine a lot. It was really cool because you didn't have to have a battery to power yeah. There's our homemade telegraph station. We can use it for long-distance communications. Oh, like, uh, what, three feet yeah, here? across the table. The answer is B. Voltage was named after Italian physicist Alessandro Volta. We can see we're generating a little bit of electricity there. It's DC. It's always great to go back and get a refresher. It well, sure is. A lot of that stuff, if you've been a ham for a while like we have, you, you don't really think about a lot of that stuff that often. They didn't have electric screwdrivers in those days, so that's why we're not using one. That's why we went primitive with it. Yeah. So let's see if we can hear anything when we, uh, we fire off our spark gap transmitter. Yeah. Well, we
we didn't build anything or blow up anything today, but uh, the night's still young. This is our friend Chris. Chris Brault, is it my, did I pronounce bro. it right? Huh? You're close. It's French Canadian. It's bro. Bro. Okay, bro. You're close. You're close. Okay. Well, right. good, good to have you on here, man. Thank you. We right. uh, we talked to good you last year out here, and we saw you in Huntsville as well. Yes. Yeah, so we, did, we got to meet awesome. your entire family in Huntsville. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Tommy, you notice how he went right for the microphone. Yeah. He knows how to like, work. He's like been on the he's air. A, he's a natural. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, well, we did this special event yesterday, which was awesome. It was uh, 1.5 kilowatts, and it was an ICOM 7, 7851, I believe. Oh, the so, big one. Oh, oh, it was the nice. big one. It was nice. So. Yeah. I enjoyed doing that, and that was it was the big 20-meter hex beam out there. So yeah. it was really good. Yeah. Wow. So. Try not to be so shy, too. I can tell you, you're a <laughs> yeah. light fright. Well, yeah. just, just, just a little bit. Just a little just bit. Just a little bit. So, yeah. So, how, how old are you, Chris? I am 13. 13. How long have you been licensed? Uh, two and a half, two, two years. Half. Somewhere okay. around there. Okay, so you got it when you were 11. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And uh, what class are you now? I am a general. General. Oh, so. nice. Working on extra. Awesome. You'll have that in no time, I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so have you got any friends your age that? Uh, I have my hands? friend Sam. Sam, where are you? There he is, off stage yeah, over there. So. Over the he does Morse code and. Yeah, oh. come around. I need to learn. Yeah. Oh. Sam, Sam. Oh. Oh. Okay. You, you coming on stage? Oh, he's coming oh. up here. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> You're gonna interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great to see a lot, a lot of young people getting their tickets now. Yeah. There he so. is. Well, and then my brother over there is trying to work on his tech, so. There's your brother. Yeah, there. Yeah, and, you and can the, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, good luck on that. I know you can do it, and you've got a, a good Elmer right here. Yeah, absolutely. And his dad, too. I got yeah. my dad. It's awesome. Yeah. Good to I got see you, too. you and the family. Yeah. Yeah, and us. Yeah. And you do. <laughs> we do a little Elmering. Yeah. A little bit here and there. Just, <laughs> just, just a wee bit. So I'm curious to have uh, have you tried to share amateur radio with any of your friends at school? Get some of those. Yeah, I brought my radio to school once, and the teacher said, "Go put that in your locker. What the heck is that?" And oh. Just like start, like thought I was some crazy <laughs> maniac. So. I may need to work on the teacher too. Then. Yeah. Yeah, we just, actually just, saw you recently um, in Huntsville. Yes. Yes, we yeah. did. Uh, this is the scene uh, snap taken right before the yeah. big snipe hunt, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So okay. Have you caught one yet? No. We need to do that. Um, what? When is it? Isn't it? Is it tonight or tomorrow? I we're think doing it's, it? tonight. it's tonight. It's tonight. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I can make tonight, but we'll try. Have yeah. you got the the sticks and the bags ready? Because we couldn't get them on the plane. Yeah. I have the sticks. I don't know if I have. I can try and find some bags. Yeah, if not, we'll just use the backpack well, of my dad or my Hopefully, it'll person. quit raining so the bag won't get wet or no. it'll just get out. Hey, we'll use my hat. That's what we'll do. That'll work. <laughs> That'll work perfectly. Well, you brought some other photos with you to show us some of your projects, didn't you? Yeah, um, I'm doing a little bit with uh, Arduino recently, which is uh, great. Yeah, you're watching Amateur Logic, if you didn't know that. And oh. uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, I haven't done too much. I found uh, on the Internet how to make a little LCD work, so I bought an LCD, and then I programmed it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's a lot of fun. They're, those things are great. Um what what other projects have you done with the Arduino? Have you done anything else? Um, a few flashing lights and light programs, but yeah, nothing just, nothing get, get crazy advanced. Yeah, well, that's that's a great way to get started. Yeah. It's pretty easy. 
It's a lot of people are kind of intimidated when you have to write those lines of code. I know. But, uh, I should, my, all my friends will be like, Chris, go to the back computer and just code. And I'll just like pull up Arduino and I'll just start coding. They'll be like, <laughs> what is that? I'm like, it's code. Boy, but, isn't it fun? Yeah. And I, I love the Arduino. Oh, man, that's, that's oh, one yeah. of my favorite things to do. Oh, and I'm doing a little bit with Raspberry Pi, um, just the basic stuff. I, my dad and me used to have a Minecraft server running like two years ago or something. Oh, yeah? So. Oh, cool. But if I were to put that up today, I'd probably need a lot of updates and stuff. Yeah. So, so what opportunities do you have to get on the radio? I see you've got a handy talkie here. I have a handy talkie. Um, you got a mobile too, don't you? Uh, for two meters, yes. You got and a bi- then, bicycle mobile? Oh, yeah, bicycle mobile, mobile yes. Yeah. So I pretty much uh, have an external te- antenna, and I put the uh, walkie-talkie, hook that up, and uh, it works really well. Uh, farthest I've talked is probably... Oh, gosh, probably somewhere in Kentucky on the repeater. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so how are you powering that? Are you just using the handy-talkie battery or you got an extra battery? Yeah, I just use the handy-talkie battery. Okay. Nothing too complicated. Then, so. uh, then a little mag-mount antenna on the back, on yep. the fender? Yep. There's a little uh, cookie sheet, maybe about that big, like a no-card size, and uh, you have that, and then uh, mag-mount's on top. So. Okay, great. That's a great idea. Maybe I need to put that on my motorcycle like that. I don't yeah, have one on maybe. my motorcycle yet. Yeah, you can't get Tommy to hardly mount an antenna, you know? Yeah, I'm not going to drill a hole in any of my vehicles. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, But I'll go drill one in George's, but I don't want to <laughs> drill one in my own. I'll help you with that. Okay. <laughs> you, you might want to run, George. Uh, I might want to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, he just got a new vehicle not long ago and oh. was talking about mounting his antenna. I tried to talk yeah. him into drilling a hole in it, but there's still no hole, so well, don't yeah. let him fool you. <laughs> I had to figure out where to mount the rig. I'm going to drill the hole for the antenna as soon as I do that. Okay. I'm going to come video it when you do it. Yeah. So you work any special events? Um, yeah, we do the uh, Voice of America in September. We have our anniversary, and uh, that's field day outside of the Voice of America, which is awesome. And, uh, yeah, that was at night. I think I made 695 or so contacts, so that wow, was good. that's and, impressive. Um, yeah. And um, we, we went on a tour of that, and we did a video of that not too long ago. It was, yep. uh, it was a lot of fun. If, if you haven't been out there to see the Voice of America Museum, I, I really recommend going to see that. Yeah, it's Great. actually going to be open tonight, uh, 6 to 9.30. So. Oh, oh, yeah, it was perfect time then. I know. <laughs> so. yeah, right after the snipe hunt. <laughs> yes, yes, right after the snipe hunt. <laughs> uh, we're we're or, joking about Or we could do the snipe hunt at VOA. That might be an that, even better idea. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. You uh, know, we're we're talking about the snipe hunt here because we had a big time with that in Huntsville. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Chris had never heard of a snipe hunt. Probably a lot of people up here may not have. I think it's kind of a southern thing. I, yeah. So I, go, go I don't know if Mike V E3 M I C I don't know if you've heard of a snipe hunt. Well, we may have to take him with us. You know, he's a yes. he's a Canadian like your father, and I know. I think they would make a great snipe hunting crew. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. You, you uh, can get a lot more with teamwork. I <laughs> <laughs> we'll have like three bag holders and people chasing snipers. See, we got this Absolutely. all worked out. <laughs> you know, Chris just is a natural for the whole snipe hunting phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, I know really it's a joke, but seriously, I could go do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and uh, probably come out with a snipe at the end of it. Probably. Yeah. And then I just take my little my tape tenner and just try and find that little snipe. Oh, so this is it. Yeah, that's it. 
So uh, I homebrewed that with my dad, and uh, it's just uh, tape PVC and some uh, some hose clamps. So. Yeah, those are fun. I, I made one of those on the show a while back. Yeah. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. You use those for satellite? Yeah. Is that what you did with Yeah, it? we got uh, SSTV from the space station a while back with Oh, it, nice. So. A lot, lot of fun. Cool. Pretty handy little antennas I like because you can just fold it down yeah, and, exactly. and take it with you. Well, it looks like you could get a lot of use out of that uh, handy talkie there. It's about time that uh, mom and dad uh, bought you an upgrade. Maybe <laughs> we have a a, um, a Kenwood seven hundred seven, which is a fifty watt mobile rig, and that's mm-hmm. the uh, house two meter. So mm-hmm. that works pretty well. Cool. Okay. So yeah. So so you haven't you haven't talked to any of your friends in school and to get in their ticket yet? Huh? A few. A few. But we'll see uh, how that goes. Yeah. Keep working on them. So you'll wear them down. Yeah. Yep. When they see how much fun you're having. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And you can get them in the Arduino and uh, Raspberry Pi Club, yeah. too. Yeah, the Raspberry Pi stuff seems to be kind of popular with a lot of the younger people because it's more like a computer. They don't have to really write code for it. So. Yep. You do what you don't. Depends on, on how nerdy you want to get with it. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh. All right. Well, Tommy, do you have any? Uh, I, I know we we got together and tag teamed it on uh, what we might talk with Chris about. I think you've got all the notes there. Did we cover everything, or was I think there? We got most of them. I think so. Chris's family is here with him too. He he lets them come to the ham fest. I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it's great. They uh, do I, a lot of father and son stuff together. I think. Didn't you guys go down to Orlando yes. to the ham fest yep, as well? Yep, we did that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I would love to drive, but. I don't think I'm allowed. And you yet. both no. can't get on that bicycle. No. Right? No. Can't fit everybody. Yeah, on. I, I want to get on that bicycle and go down to Orlando, but dang, yeah, it just takes just so a, too long. By the time slow. I get there, like a whole year has passed. Yeah. Well, your battery so. would be dead too, you know. So yeah, yeah. true. So. Yeah, I'll just hook it up that as I'm pedaling, it charges it or something. We'll, <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll figure something out. So, so. How, what got you interested in ham radio? Um. Probably my dad, because he did Joda as a scout, and then he started, uh, he got his tech license, and then he did uh, radio in the car, and then I would be in the backseat, and I'd be like, let me talk. Say hi, so. Dad. Hi. Is that awesome? So you in Boy Scouts? I was. Oh, you were up. Oh. Yeah. Got to go. For a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was in Scouts, too. It was a lot of fun. We, we had uh, the guy that's uh, over at K2BSA yesterday. Yeah. He's was, was pretty I nice saw him. Guy. He's... It's pretty cool. Yeah, he's great. His dad was here with us too. Yeah. Well, did you have anything in particular you wanted to talk about, Chris? Or have we we pretty much. I think covered we pretty it all? much covered everything. I mean. Well, <laughs> so. we've run into you everywhere we go. It seems like I know. We always I, have a big time. It's like time. one. I turn a corner and oh, there's Tommy and George. I turn another corner. Oh, there's Tommy and George. Yeah. I mean, we, you we you guys are get, like jack in the boxes. Well, we kind of get around too, like, like you. So, yeah. Yeah. You never know where we're going to turn up. Not quite as popular. Now, now your hat here. Yes. Is this Don Wilbanks inspired? Yes and no. I've had. I don't know when he got his, but I know I've had mine for maybe a few years. And uh, we did the Blues Brother thing mm-hmm. in Huntsville. I think it was <laughs> last year. So. And you're, you're He's like, you got a fedora. I'm like, yes, let's do it. So. And your stage name is that. Um, Cincinnati Short Rib, is that what he named That's you? That's it. <laughs> He's Blind Mississippi Handbone and then Cincinnati Short Rib, so. Yep. Nice. <laughs> yes. That sounds just like something Dom would come up with. Yeah. Probably. So you, you, you're big in the uh, VOA Museum organization. Yes. Yeah, I know you, you Here, hold on. Okay. 
Ha ha, there's the badge. <laughs> okay, you're official. I am official, <laughs> finally. <laughs> what about WLW? Have you been out, out to that side? I have. Actually, um, when we turn off the projector at school, WLW will come in because the school is only like a mile away. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. So. A lot of radio history there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty impressive sight, too. Yeah. Well, Chris, thanks for being with us. It's, no problem. It's thanks great for to see me. you again. And, yep. uh, you know, just keep on hamming and bring as many more young people into the hobby as you can. Bring some old folks, too, if you want to. I mean, we don't care. We just need more hams. You, oh, yeah. you, the audience that is watching this. <laughs> yeah, and, and these people. <laughs> yep, all of these so, people. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. thanks. See if you can work on that mic fright, too. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, you have a good rest right. of the ham venture. Let's go catch some snipe. There All you right. go. We'll we'll see you at the snipe hunt we'll tonight. See you next time. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. It's not fall off. Boy, he's a character, isn't he, Tommy? Yeah, yeah he's a pistol. I didn't think we'd ever get him up close to the mic. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a little bit shy, but he'll work on that. Good to see you good again, see my you, friend. Yeah, good to see you, Mike. Good to see you, Tommy. So they let you across the border again? Uh, well, there's a story to that. Oh? I don't know if we have time for it. Sure. Well, Go we ahead. got stopped at customs, and uh, uh, the customs officer asks, uh, where are you boys going? And we said, uh, Dayton Hanvention. And he said, what's that? <laughs> so we had to go through the whole the whole explanation of what's ham radio. We, Jerry, uh, who was uh, driving the vehicle at the time, um, had to explain propagation. And he says, well, who do you, basically, how, who do you talk to? How far can you talk? And he says, well, we can talk around the world. Well, he didn't understand, so had to get into this very brief explanation about propagation and uh, how, uh, if the conditions are right, we can talk around the world. So anyway, we're talking about the Dayton Hamvention, and he didn't know what that was. And, and uh, there may have been mention of amateur logic, and at that point he said, I uh, never heard of it. Move along. <laughs> yeah. So you could have mentioned that to start with and got right on through. Well, I guess we should have started out with a disclaimer. <laughs> well, I was hoping you were going to tell me you made another ham there at the, at the uh, crossing. Well, I didn't, but it may be a future ham. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Well, Mike, we know you from... Um, I guess from Google Plus, um, uh, is Google that, Plus is where and I emails. do most of my damage, yes. Yeah. And you just thought you would do us a favor at one point and Photoshop a couple of scenes from Amateur Logic, and it's just kind of become a tradition, hasn't it? I've been stereotyped, apparently, so um, it's, it's <laughs> almost expected now. I mean, occasionally I put stuff of value on there that are technical in nature but uh, a lot of times it's just uh, just to have some fun yeah yeah they're great well you brought a load of them here today and we just want to look at a few of them and this is just from the past year and this is not everything from the past year no there's uh i don't know i lost count but no, uh, there's so many so many yeah well here's the first one uh Describe to us what's going on in this uh, famous movie scene. Ah, uh, I think that's from the uh, the SMD kid. <laughs> that yeah. one, uh, I think, 
I think, George, you're trying to place uh, components on a circuit board with those uh, chopsticks. Either that or eat rice. I'm, I'm not sure what I was doing <laughs> and there. And you got some of the ICOM tape around yeah. your head Yes. There. Some of the tape awesome. you see around the building here or around the booth. You know, when they got that printed for last year's show that we did here, and uh, there's a minimum quantity of that tape you can get printed at one time. So we ended up with... I don't know, like 2,500 feet or something after the show, they said, here, y'all can have this. So uh, Tommy and I found good uses for it. This is that's this a, is one of them. That's a great use. It well, works good to mark off your field day spot, too. I, th- I think we have more uh, more uses for that tape. Oh, I think we do have more uses for it. <laughs> it's so versatile. Oh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> here's another use right here. <laughs> Uh, what is the, what is this this famous movie? Hambo. Hambo. Yes. Hambo. <laughs> yes. Somebody uh, was uh, threatening to take away your HF station, I believe, and uh, you weren't going to have anything to do with that. No. No. There again, the tape came in the real came handy in for handy. this. Yeah. When yeah. they when they saw this, they just instantly left it alone. And. Uh, Another use of the tape. This is one of my favorites right here. Yeah. My wife's not real happy about this yeah. one. Cowboy Tom. Cowboy Tom. What is that lady doing to the horse? You know, that's what I've always wondered. But, uh, boy. Your yeah. guess is as good as mine. But there again, the she's, tape came she's in. A, she's in awe, but I'm not sure if it's because of the horse or because of Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. She's reading the tape. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, this is a more more recent one here, isn't it? Those are words to live by. Believe in your smelf. <laughs> and uh, the back the back story to this is, uh, and for those who have never been uh, participated in the uh, the live recording in the chat room, there's a lot going on, and you can just ask these two guys. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it gets a little carried away, and I think that you were taking some heat over that shirt you wore. And, yeah, uh, it yeah. Just, I think there was a comment. I don't know whether you said it or Tommy said it, but uh, something about a Russian naval commander or something like that. So uh, that one was just too uh, too good to let go. It was just kind of like set up, wasn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. It looks like you work at Captain D's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what have we got? Oh, yeah, this is another, uh, this is one of the f- more famous ones. It's from my rock and roll career. Absolutely, and uh, I believe uh, that was a quote that uh, you came up with yourself. Yeah, I think I, this one was on Ham Nation during the Smoke and Solder segment one time. It was. For those about to solder, we salute you. That was pretty awesome. Oh, and this is from my <laughs> disc jockey days. Yes. I'm not sure. What was the station you were working at then? Uh, WKOZ. <laughs> it was the uh, first station I worked at. I was a disc jockey, 16 years old. Um, Sorry about the hair, George. I didn't get the color right. <laughs> you were rocking the bangs, too, man. Not a lot of people could wear it like yeah, that. That's when I decided I had the voice of an engineer, and I changed you know, to the other side of the microphone. But, uh Let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, yes. Thomas, makers of fine internet wands. That was actually that piece of coax that caused you all your internet problems. Oh, is it? It is. Oh. 
That was one where the inspiration for that one came from. That's that's where that came from. Yeah, that's that piece of. Uh, I don't know what is that. Is that a form of hardline or something? That that was RG six, I believe, that the cable company had installed, and the squirrels chewed it. Or, or, or oh no, was, was the this ends? the one with the end? The end wasn't crimped with on. With the sucking correctly. problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, apparently, that foam insulation that's in the middle of uh, your uh, television coax needs to come all the way flush on the inside of the F connector. You can't have it pulled back. Caused all kinds of bandwidth issues. As a matter of fact, took Comcast three trips to figure out what was going on and to fix it. But I got a $20 discount on my bill for a year. So Not bad. Yep. Now, this one I don't even want to talk about. <laughs> well, the, the explanation... I've seen that one. Another one, uh, again, somebody commented. I, I can't even remember because I didn't even pick up on it until until there was a bunch of uh, chatter in the chat room about uh, the, the... I don't know whether they were shorts or pants you were wearing that day, but uh, anyway, that was a comment that somebody was made, and then it just, it just went downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't watch the live recording... It, then you're kind of missing out on a lot because it's almost a sideshow in itself. Oh, in the absolutely. Chat room. Yeah. And absolutely. We, we have to cut a lot of it out. Otherwise, you know, we'd have three-hour shows sometimes. Well, I mean, again, there's uh, words to live by. Any fool can be <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another one of my favorites here. Yes, what? this is a, re- a reference to, of course, uh, uh, Animal House, uh, which mm-hmm. reminded me a lot um, from the logo and such of uh, of, of Ham College, and uh, another another uh, uh, Georgism that's uh, words to live by. Getting, not getting your ham license is no way to go through life, son. Absolutely. <laughs> we need to put that on a T-shirt. Yeah, we got oh, that shit. with the picture. And now, uh, and this this was the picture of the dean, but I th- I think we decided that's, that's Dean Thomas. Yeah. That I should really be a professor, and it should be Dean Martin. Yeah, <laughs> that works too. Oh, now this one is one of the most um, sought-after characters. I don't see him in the booth right now. I, I missed that party, but uh, it looks like it was uh, one one heck of a party, and it looks like he got into the Icom tape as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Rock and Ray's Happy Fourth of July. That's right. Yeah, that's the fourth ICOM tape. Yep. We had hoped to have a performance with Rock and Ray here this year at, at Hamvention, but um, Ray's Ray's everywhere. Like I'll see him, and then he's gone, and then he's on the other yeah. side of the. Uh, uh, he's a busy Hamvention. fellow. Okay. Yes, and we had uh, we had some holidays come up recently, and uh, Happy Father's Day. We made the uh, smoking sour be with you. And there's Darth <laughs> Ray on the right. Darth Ray. Yeah. Oh. Yes, we haven't seen Peter in a while, but uh, Peter, I think he has a side job that uh, nobody was really sure about, but uh, he, he, <laughs> he doubles his Lobot and does disco parties. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll see why he's been keeping that on the down low. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Oh, uh, another classic. Well, that's Tommy Dirt. And Business in the front, party in the back. You got it. And uh, that came about by, yet again, some reference to mullets. I'm not that sure how that came yeah, out. Yeah, somehow or another. We got on the, talking about that during the live stream again. 
Tommy actually sported a mullet back in the day, I think. I, I never had one, but um, apparently it was. It, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't quite that awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you call that awesome. Oh, but there's another. <laughs> there's awesome. more mullet than this. Oh, yeah. This one is uh, Mac Martin. Yeah, it That's looks like it cut my own hair. This is when you were making the nuclear weapons with PVC. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. And Scotch tape. I think it started out as an antenna launcher, but it just got carried away from there. It, it yeah. does a nice job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you say overkill? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. All right. I think we've got a few here since we are in the ICOM booth. You and I, th- these all took place off of the internet, really, I think. Or, or I'm not sure if they ever got posted or not. But they, we didn't, were just they didn't get posted, but things... This is all uh, the, uh, the ICOM 7300 uh, live demo that you did with Ray uh, a few weeks back or last month. Um, yeah. And, and there was a flurry of emails going back and forth, and it just got sillier and sillier. Yeah. And we thought we'd, uh, we'd make up some, <laughs> some phony ICOM uh, promo, promo ads. Uh, based on uh, some of the uh, footage that George shot. Yeah. Even our head sales dude can't keep his hands off the new IC7300. And this this was a clip out of the video with, that we shot of the 7300 before yeah. it was released. But there's a another one that, uh, boy, <laughs> I kind of like this one here. Yeah. You know, he was able to get out of that pretty easy, too. He was. You know, that, that tape is not as, as heavy as it looks. The IC7300, you'll do anything. You'll go to any length to get any one. any length to get one, yeah. Yep. yeah absolutely. But it was a perfect uh, shot of Tommy there being caught, it looks like. Yeah, I was red-handed, man. I was busted. And uh, one more, and this is my favorite of the series, Mike. This is our last Photoshop for tonight. But I think it deserves the, uh, the, the grand finale place. <laughs> You're in command oh, no. with the 7300. I wish I could show you the other ones that oh, uh, yeah. didn't we make can't. the cut. But <laughs> yeah. it's, a, uh, it's a family-rated show. so. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, Boy, that, that was perfect. I mean, how did you even think of that? <laughs> I don't know. He just—I don't know. I remember the movie, and you remember how intense that scene was, where the pilots <laughs> trying to land the plane. Well, it looks like Ray's so intense on running that uh, seventy-three hundred. It just—I don't know. It just uh, sprung to mind. Has yeah. he seen these? I don't think so. No, I don't think anybody's seen them. He will see them. Oh, he will. Yeah, see yeah them. he'll see them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Mike. We always enjoy that, and then and, and all the foolishness that we're always carrying on. You know, um, ham radio is just such a great hobby. You meet people that you would never otherwise ever run across, and uh, make new friendships. And and this is one of one of our our good ones that we've actually been able to exploit <laughs> and get some comedic value out of. <laughs> it's it's been a lot of fun and and you know amateur radio is about having fun and uh this is just another aspect i guess oh yeah uh, another another uh, channel and uh, thank goodness for social media but, <laughs> yeah uh, I, I almost forgot i brought you guys some uh I, or i should say as as we canadians like to say i scored you guys some souvenirs oh yeah some canadian swag yes i did oh my goodness let's see here no vegemite i hope well actually you know what george I got you something to get rid of the Vegemite aftertaste. 
I got you some uh, some there. Nice, nice maple. Oh, put it on the English side. <laughs> and Tommy, I got you some Tim's. Oh, awesome. Oh, Tim. I'm gonna have to keep. Where's Paul? I'm just gonna have to keep it away from Paul because he had two cups of Tim's in here this morning. I tried to get one of them from him, but he he wasn't hearing of it. Premium. Yeah, thank you, man. Cream filled cookies, maple leaf. Yeah, we can't get this down there where we are. No, I've never seen this before. Cool. And uh, I have to apologize. One of these is a little beat up. Okay. But uh, when you're out sign hunting, you can't be uh, too uh, too particular at times. So. Okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is just what we needed, <laughs> <No> Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We we got a real bad problem with that down in the south. Well, they get they get bored. Oh, and, and somebody's already pre-shot them. Yes. Oh, no, not mine, yours. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure uh, how far away he was or how many shots he took at it, but I'm looking at that. I'm not under, but it's yeah. pretty tight groupings. Yeah, that's pretty. Me. That's not. That's good shooting right there. And this is an inside <laughs> joke too. From uh, we we used to joke about the moose and you bringing him indoors for the winter. Just, that all started with Peter's cat. Yeah, I remember yeah. Peter's cat got in and it got under his feet while he was shooting and uh, yeah. shooting the show, not shooting the cat. <laughs> so anyway, we yeah. kind of took off on that too. We, t- we tend to do that, sort of get, get something and just run with it. So an idea. Coffee's premium maple leaf cookies. And Moose Crossing signs. Mike, I just don't know how we'll ever thank you. <laughs> Good to see yeah, you thank again. you so much. <laughs> uh, i tell you what. Let's, let's do it again sometime. Yeah, we should. We should. As a matter of fact. Dayton's w- coming up next year. Dayton and Christmas is coming up, too. And That's you know how important that is. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I think I have an idea for that one. Okay. Well, let's, I think we may have a new artist to feature. Oh, wow. Uh, Wait, another Christmas album? Could be. Could be. Okay. Could be. All right. Well, we've enjoyed all you who stayed with us this afternoon and helped us shoot these shows. Um, Thanks to all the guests. Thanks to all the guests. Thanks to Darren and everyone here at Hamvention. We've had a great time so far, and, hey, we've still got the rest of the afternoon and tomorrow to go, so... I'm going to hit the flea market. I'm going to be right behind you. And there's a number of booths I need to see. So let's get on out of here. All right. 73, everybody. 73, everybody.